I'm Evelyn, and I'm a geoholic. All right, we survived day one and woke up to day two of the 2022 ACEC Roads and Streets Conference from right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. Man, it is crazy over here. We got a little rain yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of nice, cooled down to like 75. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was a very lovely evening out on the patio having a couple cocktails with uh, a lot of these great people. So it was yeah. a lot of fun. All right, well, we have uh, Michael with us. First off this morning. So, Michael, if you would, just real quick, name, who you work for, what you do. Yes, sir. So, uh, my name is Mike Rimbroth. I work with Street Smart. Uh, we're a small company actually out of Lino Lakes, Minnesota, so Minneapolis, greater area. Nice. Um, but we run across the country. Um, personally, I'm based out of Reno, Nevada. Uh, I do cover California, Arizona, and Nevada for sales and rentals of traffic control devices. So, okay. uh, what that means is message boards, uh, traffic signals, rumble strips, uh, water barrier, uh, AFADs, automated flaggers, that sort of thing. It's all sort of uh, traffic control. Um, so we actually don't manufacture anything ourselves. Uh -huh. We rent and sell all of our partners, you know, from Wonko, Vermac, um, North American Traffic, all that stuff. So we work with a lot of GCs and uh, subcontractors as well. Nice, oh. nice. That's cool. Yeah. So you're kind of like a middleman. Exactly. Okay. Okay. How I'm many, like that uh, how many years have you been coming to this uh, conference? This is my first year, actually. Really? We yeah. had a lot of first-timers yesterday. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I've attended the AZITS conference as well, and then ATSA. Um, it's just kind of more of our realm in the in the realm of traffic control and construction. So yeah, I'm excited to see uh, if we could be a part of this for years to come. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of fun. What do you? Um, so this is your first time here. Uh, what are you? Uh, you know, what are you looking to get out of this kind of experience? And um, you know, what do you? What do you think to expect today? Well, I, I, I hate to throw down the word of just marketing and, and meeting new people, but um, I hope to see some familiar faces and kind of polish up those relationships and just kind of see what the industry is all about. You know, uh, a lot of these companies I've, uh, I've seen down the rows here, they don't exactly pertain uh, to what we do, but um, I'm just here to really experience it all and, and hopefully make some good uh, relationships out of it. Sure. So back to what you do, tell us, like, what, what do you love about the company? What do you love about your job? Yeah, love the company. Uh, Street Smart is uh, just about 55 employees at the moment, so we're, we're fairly small. I work fully remote and I travel, um, get, to a lot of, get to meet a lot of good people. Um, but Street Smart is all about taking care of each other um, within the business and taking care of our customers at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, part of what we do as well is, you know, work hard, play hard. Um, I recently just got back from Colorado uh, before the river levels went down. We went river rafting as, nice. a, as a sales team. So there was about 20 of us. Uh, there's 20 of us scattered across the country. We all met together in, in uh, Denver, Colorado and, and had a chance to do that. So awesome. it, it's, it's a fun company to be a part of yep. um, and very fulfilling at the same time. You know, a lot of uh, interstate work. You can see our logo out there. Um, it's, it's cool to see. Gotcha. What uh, we, we talk a lot about so far about like What's like up and coming and how do you see like in the technology and the new innovative kind of stuff that people are working on? What's new and innovative on your end and what do you see or what's, if you had to say what the cool thing is coming up that people may not know about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so recently, um, just kind of some new specs introduced into the marketplace have been, you know, when you're sitting in traffic, We've got a system that has you know, five to six sensors every half mile. It's going to relay a message to a message board downstream um, to give you know, motorists a real-time 
you know, uh, slow down on their Waze or their Google Maps or their Apple Maps. It's we give real time traffic updates. So basically, it's just putting a modem in in any of our equipment so we can control it remotely. Not that it's too groundbreaking, but um, it has been definitely acceleration in the industry. So, so for example, like Waze. You know, we talk a lot about GIS and all the different uh, applications of that, and that's a big one. So you're saying instead of the users reporting where the traffic slowdown is, you're getting real-time data from the actual cars waiting without exactly. without them having to go in and tell Waze, I'm waiting in traffic right here. Exactly. So the, the, the construction or slowdown ahead is, is transmitted by our devices. Wow. Yep. How do you see traffic control evolving with autonomous vehicles? That is a tough one. Yeah, that is. There's going to be one. there's going to be some connection there. You know it. You know. Yeah, I mean those sensors are, are relaying you know to the to the motorists, which it's the same thing as relaying to a computer. If the computer yeah. can adjust, you know, travel times or maybe find an alternate route. Right. That's what we want. You know, a lot of people that just hit traffic, they don't have their GPS set up because they are a local. You know, they don't need to know where they need to go mm -hmm. um, for directions. So I don't know. Maybe it might ease up the uh, the bottlenecks, if you will, sure. on the roads. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, so my biggest thing when it comes to traffic and trauma, I'm a land surveyor. So, you know, we have guys working out in roads all the time, stuff like that. Um, and there's, there's, a, you can do all the traffic control, you know, in the world to protect these guys and things can still go wrong, you know, but the yeah. most important thing we can do is create awareness to keep everybody safe. Absolutely. But, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that's anything from putting a flashing red and blue beacon or a flashing orange. You can only help so much. Yeah. Um, we try to make things brighter, yep. bigger. At the end of the day, you know, th that's that's the best effort we can do. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. Absolutely. Uh, what else you want to get out there? What, uh, you know, what do the people want to know about what you do and uh, what's going on this week? Yeah. Um, Street Smart's here to help. You know, we're just an extension of, you know, uh, your business, uh, bid more work. Um, we are we don't have any boots on the ground, so our equipment is an extension of yours, and we're just here to help. Um, that that's really all there is to it. Uh, hopefully, it can be advantageous to both of us. Nice. So, who like who are your big clients? Who are your target clients? Is that like the big GC con like the big contractors? Is that who you guys are after? No, no. I I, I would say it's it's going to be the subcontractors. So your local okay. traffic control companies. Okay. okay. Um, unfortunately, I can't I can't name them. Sure. Um, of course. Sure. But yeah, we we don't go direct to the GCs. Uh, reason for that, you know, we're not stepping on any toes, going direct to anybody. We'd like to work with the small mom and pop. You know, a couple companies with a couple barricades and cones. Um, yeah. That's re really where we like to you know. Uh, grow their fleet and and we can grow together yeah yeah love so. it love it what else anything else yeah uh well there's one thing we ask everybody that we come on here especially this week um do you have a mantra that you live by huh i haven't been asked that in a really long time um there's always someone Someone's this gonna, is tough. There's no, always someone's going to take your job. No, well, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. Just, just work hard every day. Show up every day. Um, there's show always going to be. Day. There's always going to be someone that's trying to work harder than you. You got to beat that person. Um, yeah, yeah that's, I like that. It took that me works. a second. It took me a second, but that's that's really just. There's always somebody trying to work harder than you. Get better. 
I like it. Love yeah. it. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you for that, Michael. Thank you for your time. Have yeah. a good rest of the show. Yeah. Nice yes, to meet you, Michael. You. Yeah, thank you. Guys. Thank you. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks. Awesome. We have uh, Tate with us. Tate, real quick, if you just give us your name, who you work for, what you do. Um, okay, my name is Tate Childers. I work for Alta Southwest or Alta Arizona. I don't know. I don't even know what, we, what we're called now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I work in the survey department with with Kent. Uh, Kent pretty much introduced me to surveying like four months ago, and I pretty much fell in love with it, and I've been doing it ever since four months ago. And yep. just, just learning so much every day. Yep, great addition to the team. Uh, Tate just jumped right in and uh, with both feet. And, of course, you're going to East Tennessee State University yes. now. Yes. East yeah, Tennessee. yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. That's mm-hmm. a common theme on here is, uh, you know, education in the survey space and what that's like and the, the availability. And to tell everybody how that's going. You're what? Uh, this is the first semester? Yeah, for, first semester at East Tennessee State. Um, and you're still doing it. Yeah, I haven't dropped out yet. Yeah, I'm, all right, I'm all, all good. right. Um, it's 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 been really good. It's um, I love how applicable everything that I'm learning is. Um, like not not necessarily every day, but I, I, I know in the future that this stuff is really going to come come in handy. Uh, the stuff I'm learning and and the the professors are just so you know you know they really want to teach you stuff that's actually applicable you know in surveying in real life um i feel like it's not super common in other degrees yep. uh, uh, i can tell you that it is not at all super common in other degrees yeah. and it is a yeah. very unique thing to be learning i mean you're also in a unique space that you're actually doing the thing right. that you are learning to do mm-hmm. at the same time yeah. Yeah. but also the stuff you're learning you see immediately like that can help me tomorrow yeah and that thing that Kent said two weeks ago, I now know yep, what that exactly, is because yeah. the guy finally showed it to me. Yeah, yeah and, and all my peers, uh, you know, they're working too while going to school, so we're all kind of in the same boat. And the, really? And the professors know that, so it, it's really beneficial that way. So you're saying that uh, it was a good decision based on what you know right now. Yeah, yeah. for now, yes. Yeah, it seems like a really, really good decision. All right, all right, all right. It's, I mean, for me, it's refreshing to hear that about the, you know, uh, about the, the curriculum and the coursework and stuff like that because, you know, as you well know, Tate, uh, serving is evolving at such a rapid pace, um, especially on the equipment side, you know, with scanning and drones and everything else that we have access to. And it's hard for curriculums to keep up mm-hmm. with that advancement. So it's, it's really good and refreshing to hear that East Tennessee yeah. is doing a good job at that. Yeah, the, one of the classes I'm taking right now is like an intro to unmanned aircraft systems and we're learning all about the science behind it mm. some photogrammetry stuff cool. and just how, how to use it too like how to use the software like some of the most popular software that goes with drone surveying that's awesome uh, that sounds like a perfect friend of the program uh, uh the east tennessee state guys because yeah. they ties in a lot to what we do and i think a lot of the listeners would be very interested in uh tate's mm-hmm. experience yeah i think it's a perfect marriage actually i'm gonna reach out to those guys i, I really think Great idea, Sean. Yeah, yeah i think you really should yeah we had parkland community college as a sponsor uh the last couple of years okay all right yeah, for the yeah. same reason they got a survey program two-year program yeah, but yeah. no, it's a it's a perfect. I marriage. mean, we talk about it enough. We should actually have some got some entities that do it and sure. apparently do it very well. Yep. Yeah. And and there are some geoholics at East Tennessee State. Too. Oh, There's really? A number, yeah, a, a few, right? For sure. Tyler and Farah, and who else? I think there's three or four for sure. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe the uh, maybe the geoholics should get involved a little bit with the uh, with the program over there. Hmm. 
I, I, I smell your, like a your wheels guest, are spinning, guest lecturer tell. by Mr. Grow mm, here. So maybe. Hmm. Also, right. another thing that's good news for for the world of surveying is their enrollment at East Tennessee in the surveying department has doubled this year. Really? Yeah. Really? The first semester, yeah, first semester, I'm I'm there right now. What do that's they amazing. attribute that to? Is it just are they doing the promotion, or is way the you think I, I, there is I, a tide changing in the industry where? I think it's guys like you two that are are introducing people to surveying and okay it's making it grow and I, think, I, I think you think two are the real heroes oh that yeah. you're just buttering us up because we work together come <laughs> on Tate but in all seriousness though totally glad, true but yes <laughs> I think you're right Sean there is definitely a changing of the tide and I okay. think it's as a result of a lot of people's efforts over the course of the last five to ten years finally starting to see the fruit of that labor and what I mean by that, the results are that there are younger people coming into the profession, you know, not in droves, unfortunately, but to the point where we're starting to see a difference. And that's, that's pretty exciting. Like the, the last survey conference I was at, the one in uh, Vegas, whatever that one was, uh, oh, the seven state survey conference. Yeah. So many young people running around, you know, and it was so great to see because you just haven't seen that in a while. Uh, so what else? You um, you have this. You are at the Roads and Streets Conference. Yes. Um, this is uh, obviously your first time at something like this. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What are you doing here? What do you What do you want to What do you want to do and hang out? Like, um, I just want to learn from and just I just want to learn more about the industry and learn from other great minds in the industry. I mean, there's a thousand out here, so. And, yes, they're, 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 they, if, they all know definitely way more than me. So yeah, um, and there is a lot to learn here, yeah, and a lot absolutely. of uh, the industry leaders yeah. are and, in and, this room. And also, I'm just interested to see like some of the new technology that that's coming in the industry, and and I know that a lot of that's probably going to be showcased here. I, I still haven't got a chance to to really walk around yet. Um, this is like my first stop, so. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Beeline to the Geoholics booth and figure it out later. Yeah. yeah. So before we let you get out of here, um, one of the things that you're here for is the new Arizona Young Surveyors yes, Network. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that a little bit. I don't yeah. know how much you know about the whole thing and what's going on because it's so fresh and new. No. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know that the Young Surveyors Network is is pretty popular in some states, not very popular in others, and non-existent in some. Yep. Um, uh, a, a guy I know is starting it here in um, Arizona, and there's just a few of us. Um, but yeah, well, I think we're just trying to. The mission is just to expose young people to surveying. Yeah, um, I'm so excited. And, and yeah. we have a good group of young, energetic guys and gals. Yeah. And um, I, I think um, something could definitely happen there. I think it will for sure. Let's mention yeah. some of those names uh, yeah. Nick Schlosser, of course, uh, Farah is involved with it okay yeah, uh, yeah. will wing i know will is wing, helping yeah. out uh yeah will wings here i saw him earlier yeah, he yeah. popped in yesterday and chatted with us um yep. so yeah there's some really good people involved and exciting to see because tate like you said for example up in you know nevada they've got a very strong young surveyors network yeah and let's not forget to tr uh, plug trent keenan in his efforts up there because he basically kind of keeps that on track. And I know he's probably more than willing to help you guys as well. Yeah. Um, so I have no doubt that it'll be successful. Um, and I, th I think the right people are involved. So yeah. I, it's great. I, I think we have reached out to, to the Nevada YSN. Yeah, his daughter, I think, yeah. runs it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So what are you excited about? What are you excited about uh, career-wise, whatever? I mean, over the next year, five years? 
Um, yeah, I mean, like we said, like uh, the technology and surveying is changing quite drastically, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of surveyors out there that are kind of um, not really being very accepted to the new technology coming in. I've, I've heard. It's true. I mean, I've I've only been really at one place, but from other other guys I've heard have been in multiple places. You know, they mm-hmm. run into a lot of these surveyors that aren't really uh, technology oriented, like look looking looking for better things. And uh, so I think there's a lot of room to learn and, and grow in that aspect. Yeah. Um, so I'm just excited. Like the the possibilities of surveying seem pretty pretty endless like the, the ceiling's very high for sure yeah no question I mean, and for you personally i mean you start out in engineering right you're you're two years into the engineering program right mm-hmm. so now switching over to survey i'm kind of backtracking a little bit but did those credits transfer over to east tennessee yeah State? actually well, honestly more than i thought really they would yeah um because because i've i've transferred schools before and I, i've had a scenario where like literally two out of my 10 classes i've taken a full year transferred stuff like that so um and especially when you're going from to one state, like a, a junior college in one state to a four-year university, you know, halfway across the country. Like, right. I, yeah. I wasn't very optimistic, but uh, yeah, and, and that's just credit to East Tennessee State too. Um, the counselor or the advisor and and some of the professors in the department realized, okay, you've legitimately taken these classes, like like these are very applicable to some of the stuff we require like yeah. we're not trying to cut you short like we all want you to yeah. graduate and become become you know surveyors yeah so so it sounds like it's been nothing but a good experience so far yeah yeah it has that's awesome sure. that's awesome and I, I just want to add that you know a, a person like tate and you know the age group that you're in pursuing a, a, a career in survey doing it the right way going to school for it i like the sky's the limit you guys are like gold in the profession and uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for you personally. Well, thank you. I appreciate you it. Yep. All right. That's great. Uh, hey, do, do, you one, mantra, thing, do you have a yeah. mantra that you live by? Yeah. A what? A mantra. A mantra. A mantra. Do you have a mantra? In <laughs> um, all of your experience and wisdom, what is the yeah, mantra, mantra that you live by? <laughs> Let them play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play ball. There's I guess. not a wrong answer here. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I can't really put this into like a, a, a good phrase, like a good, uh, like catchy phrase. But I, I've always thought that when you work with a team or you have a team mindset, you know, like a, a goal that's bigger than just like personal goals. I feel like everyone grows way more um, if they all adapt that mindset. Yep. And and obviously, I got that from playing baseball for several years, sure. especially in college baseball. Like it's way different. Than like high school or youth, like yeah. it's it's tough out there every day. Yeah. And um, when when you think with the team team might like like your team's goals, you put you put them first. Yeah. Um, it's a lot easier going through day by day and getting better. Well said, man. So well and, said. And, and I th- I think I think that applies to literally anything you do in life. I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. And I was just thinking about this. I don't know a week or so ago, like building a team, like building you know a survey department team. There's different ways you can go about it. You know, like you do you have like you know, all farm team guys, you know, or do yeah. you have a mixture of veterans and, and rookies and that type yeah. of thing? You know, I mean, there is definitely uh, uh, the right mixture that you have to have in order right. to make it work, in, right. a, yeah, in addition sure. to the attitude and the uh, perspective that Tate just shared. So that was awesome, Tate. Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank enjoy you. the rest of the show. Of course. Thank you, guys. All right. Um, we are back with Charles. 
Charles, if you would, real quick, just give us your name, who you work for, and what you do. I am Charles Gutierrez. I work in Yuma, Arizona for the Yuma Metropolitan Planning Organization. I am the senior planning manager. Um, I run a lot of programs um, through the MPO. Uh, nice. Um, I run the TAC meetings with the, uh, what do you call them, the engineers and planners of the region. And uh, right. so, yeah. I get That's to do awesome. all that good stuff. So how long I, you How long you've been doing that for? for this is thirteen years. To, um, thirteen in years. August, in August, August twenty second was thirteen years. Congratulations! And, and I'm guessing the organization has been around longer than 1983? that. Nineteen eighty three. Nineteen eighty three. So you've been a big part of that organization. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I've gone through. Uh, I'm on my third director now. Um, it's great. I love it. Um, I think one of the biggest programs that I started out there with uh, in uh, two thousand one, I got hurt. Uh, I did refrigeration work. And I got hurt. I blew out, chemically blew out my lungs and oh my had to gosh. retrain, had to go back to school. I started teaching. Started really? teaching. I did first and second grade, got my bachelor's in that. And yeah. at the same time, I started to work at the MPO at nighttime doing traffic counts. Okay. Really? So I did traffic counts for all of the Yuma region. And now we're, we started out with, I think it was 50 traffic counts. We're up to 1,200 now. <laughs> 1,200 sites. So it's like, Yes. <laughs> wow, you've yeah. seen some growth. That's amazing. Oh yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. So what? Yeah, what do you love about your job? The people. Yep. I think the people that uh, uh, that I meet, you know, the guys like that right there, Vamshi, you know, people all over. You know, I, I've gotten some really good uh, uh, um, relationships, and uh, they've 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 come into fruition. That you know, I just call them up. Hey man, yeah. this is what's going on, and can you help us out? Yeah, Charles, no problem. What do you need? Yeah, you know, so it's. You know, you got to build these relationships up with these, you know, these different consultants, different people, because they're the experts. I'm not an expert. Yep. They are the experts, and that's yep. who I have to look towards. Well, here's the thing. The key to what you just said is showing humility. Sure. Right? Yeah. Showing humility. Yeah. That's exactly one of the reasons why you're successful doing what you're doing. It's fun. You know, and I've made it fun. Have yeah. I had some ups and downs? I've had some really seriously ups and downs with... Uh, Especially in the political arena, mm. oh, doing I'm public sure. engagement with uh, in the political people, and it's like one day they're this way, the next day they're this way, and you know, and it's like, uh, you know, you got to sit there and bite your tongue really mm. hard, you know, because you don't want to say anything to piss everybody off. Sure. But it's like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. But I, I love it, you know. Right. Then you see the outcomes, and yeah. okay, it was wasn't that bad. Well, yeah. speaking of those, what uh, give us one of the projects that you're really excited about in the region right now? I think we're working on a. a it's. I'm excited about it, frustrated about it, and uh, excited that it was uh, uh, brought to the second phase. We're doing a rail corridor study. Really? Uh, that, okay. Uh, it's going to uh, possibly connect into Mexico. Wow. We started this process, uh, actually it started like in 2007. Yeah. Um, UP decided to expand possibly from Ferromex, uh, from Punta Colonet, Mexico, all the way this way to connect to the uh, the UP line uh, right there next to I-8. And um, then we brought it back in 2011, 2012. We went and took it to the next, put a 1,000 swath along an area. So now it was asked us to refine it down to corridors. Oh, wow. Let's pick okay. an alignment. That's let's awesome. Pick, let's pick 500-foot swath and make the alignment. Well... What kind of a year is this? This is an election year. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it yeah. just happened that everything fell coinciding with the elections right now. So I think that it's exciting for me because this is really, when you go to public engagements, sometimes we're all betting with the consultants how many people are going to come. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, I got six, you know, maybe 10, you know. Well, this time you got 50 plus people showing up. Wow. And you got both sides. 
And yeah. then you got the elected officials, and they're both sides. So I think that this one here has taught me a little bit more, like you were saying earlier, about humility and how to actually really how to learn how to channel those those thoughts, mm -hmm. those those feelings, because they go back and forth. Yeah. And I have to remain. I have my own biases. Sure. I mean, we have that. You sure. can't. You, and but how do I remain? Unobjective, unbiased, and, and, and when you're sitting on one side, you're sitting on the other side. You're telling me one thing, you're telling me another thing, and it's like, Ugh, you yep. know. And to keep that stoic face, right? That's yep. the yep. that's the whole thing. <laughs> sure. No emotions, and, yeah. and you know, I think that I've learned how to do that fairly good. But it's so. What are some of the benefits that uh, that corridor is going to provide for the area? Well, what I mean, it does is. Uh, uh, um, well, you know, the Los Angeles uh, uh, beach or the ports over there, they're all having trouble. They're sure. struggling. Um, everybody's going to the East Coast. Well, to help it out, Mexico is uh, looking to put in uh, deep water ports down there. Um, wow. One of the first one was Punta Colonet, but they're still thinking that there's investors down there. So they're going to bring in the, uh, uh, the freight, the big uh, TUs uh, from Punta Colonet, Punta Colonet, Mexico make a rail all the way into the Ferromex and bring it within 26 miles of Yuma County and then next to the port of entry number two the commercial side in between there and the bombing range somewhere on the bombing range they'll bring a rail up and bring all the trade all the fruit uh, everything that's coming across from China or anywhere else and then it'll, and it'll yeah. also bring the produce that Mexico makes so we can eat salads and stuff like sure. that. The, yep. you know avocados and things like yep. that they bring a lot through Yuma a lot through Yuma, a lot through Nogales. So this is just another venue for them to bring more trade into us. And that's what we're looking for. I mean, we're just looking to, you know, help the community. Help yeah, because yeah, yeah. ultimately that's what uh, you're saying is uh, I've got to navigate between this side and this side. Yeah. But there's still a common goal here is yes. to help the community in the area grow yeah. and prosper. And, and, and sounds know, like this is something that would definitely do that. It is. It is. And, you know, one of the biggest things is, is getting over the community of farmers, the community of the people that live there. I understand that we might be tearing up a, a lot of places, you know, and buying farmland, buying houses, but that comes with growth. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're not visioning that growth, then we're not doing that justice to the communities and things like that. And, you know, that's my job. Right. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. I'm a planner. I have yeah. to look to the future. <laughs> Sure. Know, so, and this is what I do. So thir you said 13 years, 13 right? years. Did June, you ever think August 22nd. 13 years ago you would be this passionate about development? Planning? Did not. I was teaching. I, first trade was uh, military. Second trade was uh, refrigeration. Did it for 17 years. Got hurt and um, decided to go teach. Did first and second grade. And during that time, I was doing traffic counting for the MPO, and I said, you know something, I want to go there. I like what they're doing. I'm pro Yuma. I'm a Yuma, Yuma guy. Sure. My family has restaurants there. I'm Yuma. I'm, uh, I'm so passionate about Yuma, and awesome. this opportunity came up, and it was like, awesome. grabbed it. Uh, my old boss, Charlene, says, hey, would you like to? I said, yes. And we grabbed it, and her and I ran with this program so hard. Uh, the next director, he came in, and he was English. And we did some crazy things. The new, new director now, she's younger, very, very much. Uh, I think they're the call them the millennials. So <laughs> okay, it's, sure. Yeah. So it's, you know, I just try, today is my birthday. I'm 58 years hey, old. Hey, happy, happy birthday. birthday! So it's like, yeah. So it's like, you know, looking at everything, you know, and patching those 
those seams between age gaps and you know uh, and not just in my organization of the new engineers the new planners uh, of the region of the state and the feds yeah. you know you gotta get to that it's sure. so difficult sometimes you know and well I, and i think one of the things you know we were we a common thing on our show is how do we engage more young engineers and young surveyors right. and young planners and all this this younger generation but i think you're one of those poster people for that is when you find something you're really passionate about in an area you're yeah. passionate about and be able to do something professionally to help the community you care about that marriage is what yeah. really explodes as far as you know career and growth and that's the model for that generation is find something you like there are opportunities for you to do well so you asked me a question you know what, what do i get really excited about in fact i missed it you know, I'm sitting there looking at JR and everybody else saying, and I, I boasted about it last night, bragged about it last night to uh, uh, Greenlight Engineering and a few other people. Well, we, br we got brought um, uh, to the MPO from uh, the economic people in Yuma. Hey, there's a grant. It's called the Defense Community Infrastructure Pilot Program Grant. It's a DOD grant. Okay. It's designed to go around military installations. We're doing a project that's going on US-95 from uh, 9 to Aberdeen to help the traffic out there for the for 3,000 people out there on the military base. These sure. guys are the uh, guys that bomb. They yeah. test the bombs out there. Yep. Oh, yeah. And um, to get them out there is important. Well, we tried this grant, DCIP grant. It was on an ADOT facility. ADOT allowed us to do the grant. Wilson and company helped us uh, uh, get the grant done. And ADOT allowed us to submit it to them they submitted it we got word last thursday 13.2 million dollars wow. that we just won so it's that like, is awesome you know, exciting things yeah Congrats. that's exciting you know and it's like yeah. you know i think that you know i love it yeah. I, I just i just enjoy doing what i do so i mean obviously amazing spokesperson for yuma any aspirations of like running for mayor or something like that no no in fact um <laughs> yeah um Jarrell over I, here I likes just, the idea. I, I just turned down, uh, um, between the director now and the previous director, um, one of the things that we were trying to do was put me into uh, a director there at the MPO. And the last couple of years, I was just looking at the climate of me, myself. Sure. And it was like, you know, I have some health issues and things like that. And I said, you know, something wouldn't be fair to everyone if I didn't be here all the time or had mixed schedules and stuff like that because yeah. of medical issues. So. I decided to back up and not do it. So I don't think that I want to get in that in that side of things because mm -hmm. I like to be straightforward and tell people how I am and I don't want to flip-flop back and forth. I don't want to um, burn the relationships that I have with the elected officials because, I mean, I've been around Yuma for a long time. Yeah. I know these people by first name. Sure. Yeah. And if I go into the political arena, it gets... I mean, as we all know, it's, it's changes too things. Yeah, right. and, and I don't need that. Well, I mean, that awareness you, is you pretty, hear, yeah. pretty good. And you no, hear my language, how I talk. I'm, free, I'm a free person. I yeah, don't. Sure. I, I'm really holding back, trying to trying to hold back from the customer. <laughs> <laughs> so it, Let it really, go. It's all right. It's, it's really funny. So, I mean, when I get into here, I mean, JR's heard me talk. <laughs> you know, I have work, and I have outside of work just a little bit, and then there's outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I don't want to damage those relationships. Yeah. Sure. Would I like it to be, be a mayor or something yeah. like that? Of course. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Who yeah. wouldn't like to run that, you know? Yeah. yeah. But like you said, you know, you're, you're super passionate about what you're doing now. You're in a good spot, and uh, good for you. Good for you. Charles, before we let you go, it's been a, been a pleasure having you here. Uh, we ask everybody that comes on and does it, talks with us for a little bit, do you have a mantra that you live by? <laughs> I don't know. 
You know, I, I'm an off-road fan, so I think that live free, die free, enjoy the outdoors, and go for it. Love it. Ah, that is great. Good stuff, Charles. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your time. We appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Appreciate you Enjoy coming by. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hoorah, yeah. appreciate it, guys. Great to meet you. Thank you, man. <laughs> nice Thank to you, meet brother. you. Thanks, man. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Uh, we have Alf. Alf? Alf. Alf with us. Yes. So why don't you go ahead and just start with your name, who you work for, what you do. All right. My name is Alf Wold. I uh, work as a uh, inside a consulting engineering firm called Alpha Geotechnical and Materials. Okay. Been there, part owner since 2003. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're going to hit the big 20 year here shortly. Yep. Wow. Yep. About to. And then what, uh, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, review reports, write reports, talk to clients, talk to employees, try to make sure everybody's happy-go-lucky every day. Okay. Yep. And uh, how did you get into uh, geotechnical engineering? Well, I went to school in, up in Utah and uh, struggled to find a job. And then I finally got a hit down in, in uh, Phoenix okay. and ended up here and been here ever since. So, Alf, I have to say, uh, I, I'm picking up a little bit of an accent. Yep. Can you, uh, what, where, what's the, where did you, where are you from? Where were you born? Can you give us a little bit of the history here of how you got to Utah? Well, uh, it started back in, uh, mm, let's see, oh yeah, before 2000, 1998, no. That's no, when you were born, was no. 98? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a buddy of mine that had a, he had a skiing scholarship at, at his BYU in Utah in uh, 1988, and then... I was talking to him and said, why don't you come along? And I said, that's a great idea. Okay. And okay. Uh, moved over, came on the boat. From? Norway. Okay. Okay. All yep. right. Wow. And uh, ended up in Utah. Went to school. Had a, we both had a skiing scholarship there. Took us through school. He went back to Norway. I met a girl. You know, three cakes later, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the classic American story. <laughs> so how old were you when you left Norway? Uh, 23. 23. Did you do any curling in Norway? I did zero curling zero. in Norway. Is yeah, curling a thing in Norway? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, world-class yep. Curl- curlers. So Great curlers in your experience, Norway. was it like the cool guys were the skiers and the nerds were the curlers or the other way around? Careful oh, how you no. answer this. No. Careful how you answer this. <laughs> Are you a curler? Yes. He is a curler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured as much. So... Yeah, I'm sorry, bud. That's awesome. It's all right. It's all right. An objective, uh, fresh look at the curling side. That's great. It is a very popular sport, and it's gaining in popularity, too. It really is. Yeah. 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 You're Canadian? Chicagoan. Oh, okay. Close Close enough. Close enough. They have ice there. (laughs) They have ice there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, Kentsman, he's back in the curling. uh, He's in a league here in Phoenix. Yeah. Really? Up in Phoenix. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a dedicated curling club. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to get Sean to come out. It's a fun sport. I I look at it. I had never done it, but 
It looks. It's so much fun. It so is. Fun. Yeah, it's and a you don't well, have to be in great shape. No, you don't. Well, you say yeah. that, but then we were talking the other day about, hey, you, you need some more exercise. You and your wife should start curling, and I'm like, how is curling exercise? <laughs> it is tremendous exercise. I know that it, you know with the flexibility, you kind of got. Not even that. It's you're walking up and down the ice. You're sweeping your ass off. I mean, you burn literally like 700 to 1,000 calories a day. Well, that is more than my current seven to ten <laughs> calories <laughs> calories a day. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, Alf, how many? Uh, you're a little veteran of this uh, conference here. How many years you've been coming to this thing? Oh, I've been coming to this since mid '90s. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that is uh, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot. That's twenty-five-ish uh, years. Twenty-six, twenty-seven, maybe. How, yeah. how has it uh, evolved over the years? Over the time. Well, it's increased in volume for sure. Mm-hmm. It used to be a lot smaller, and now we have, I don't know, 1,500 to 2,000 participants, yep. I, would, I would guess. 1,500 yeah. is the number we've got. What do you, what do you think right. the percentage of attendees from Arizona is? Do you think it's like 90%? How many people are coming in from out of state? I would think it's closer to 90 for Arizona. And Just yeah. Arizona, yeah. 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 That would be my guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, so back in the, you know, geotechnical and materials testing, you know, a lot of what we would talk about is technology and advancement and what's the what's new. And uh, the, so the question for you is what's new in geotech and new in materials testing and what do you, you know, what's exciting about the future? Well, I think for me it's the, the, the technology and slumping concrete and doing density testing I hasn't really involved evolved a lot over the years I've been doing it. But the one thing that has changed is how we collect data, how it computers has yeah, helped sure. us get there, software packages, making things cheaper, faster, better. So that part of the business is exciting for me because I've been involved in a lot of uh, improvements in on that arena, on the sure, data sure. arena. Yeah, and we talk about, especially with GIS and different data applications, and that's just another one of, you don't even think about GIS application in geotech as much, but there mm-hmm. is a lot. I mean, if you can take, if it's a data point on a map, it's yeah. it's in that space, and those two are, are definitely commingled. Yeah, yeah. Locations are, uh, <laughs> are key, as we know in the engineering industry. We, uh, you know... 10 feet away from the J, John, doesn't work tomorrow. So we got to know where yeah. we're at. It yeah. also doesn't work in survey either, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So what's like a, like a career-defining project you've worked on? Oh, career-defining anything project. anything jump out at you? Well, yeah, you're, you're hitting 20 years here, so yeah. I'm sure you're starting to do some reflection. Actually, the, the career-defining uh, project for me isn't necessarily a project. It's what I've been doing the last year as far as software development. Oh well. That's oh. been extremely exciting for me cool. in my career and it's been mind blog boggling how how uh, how much improvements we've seen on that arena. Uh-huh. And to be involved in this has been extremely exciting. So can you talk a little bit more about that? A little bit. A little bit. Well, okay, I have okay. competition sitting here, so I can't really <laughs> divulge all of that. <laughs> so it's a proprietary thing you're working on. Yeah, it's 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 the management of you know we have technicians running around town and collecting sure. information, yep. and to have a centralized location for all that, including yep. 
paying the guy, getting invoices, getting technical data all in one package is it's a big deal. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, what else? Do you have anything else you want to get out there? Uh, no, I can't think of uh, anything else. What? Enjoy being here. What's keeping you motivated right now? What I just told you about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Are you are you turning yep. into a little bit of a coder? Do you know how to code? No, I can't code. Okay. I, can't uh, code. Okay. I, just, I could just tell them what I want and then... And then you can tell them if it's not what you want? Yes. <laughs> That's where it, where it ends. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming by. One thing we ask everybody um, that, that comes by is, do you have a mantra that you live by? A Norwegian mantra. I can't think of There's that. not a wrong answer here. Uh, Could be Viking related. Yeah. Let's see. With horns on it? <laughs> Man. Put me on the spot here. Can, can I come back later? Yes, you can. <laughs> hey, you can text it to Sean. Yeah, text it to me, and then I'll update. I'll update the audience. Yeah, on, uh, add it to. By the way, all the mantra. Right. And by the way, all that mantra. <laughs> it was. It was take take advantage of the opportunity at the time. <laughs> uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, it was good to see you again. Appreciate right. you Great stopping to talk by. To you. Yeah, Appreciate the time. Yeah, all right. Thanks. All right. Okay, this is great. This is uh, our first foursome of the uh, the event. This is exciting. So I am going to let uh, Jim here introduce himself. So Jim, just give us your name, who you work for, and what you do. Thanks, Kent. My name's Jim Lemon. I'm a registered geologist here in Arizona. I've been doing uh, geotechnical and environmental work here for over 40 years. Oh, wow. So, and for the last, oh, seven, eight years, I've been with the geotechnical section in ADOT with the bridge group. Okay. And before that, I did environmental projects for NEPA and environmental planning for road development work and a lot of hydrology and super fun work in the past. Sure. That's exciting. And Jim was kind enough to bring uh, one of his EITs with him this morning. So if you want to get close to the mic there, tell us who you are. My name's uh, Omid. I'm a new EIT with the Arizona Department of Transportation. I've had two years in the EIT program, and I'm barely a year in with the geotech program. Okay. And you and Jim work pretty close together? Yeah, I've been helping Jim a lot with his projects and other geotech engineers with their drilling and test bits. Cool, cool. He's the muscle that carries it all uphill and takes sure, right, right? You know, <laughs> it does the actual work. He's yeah. a little modest. He was our intern, my intern, for 18 months, and then he graduated from Arizona State University nice. with a degree in civil engineering. Oh, nice. And, and then he did the EIT program, and then he came back to us in, in geotech. And so we're very fortunate to have him as an EIT because he knows what to do out sure. in the field with us. Well, this is a very special for me because I'm also uh, practiced in geotech for, for a number of years now, and we've been doing this podcast for a while called the Geoholics, and we talk more about geo geomatics and geospatial and GIS, and we very rarely talk about geotech, so this is amazing. What, uh, Jim, t tell me why, how did you, you know, why did you start with geology, and how did that transform into a, into a career in geotech? Uh, well, I... I started out in forestry. Oh, and really? I, and I realized 
if I don't want to cut down trees or mine things, I need to find another career. Right. So when I got out of the Army, they said, we need geologists to go find things, uh, like petroleum and those sort of things. And so I went back to school in, in environmental geo, geosciences. Okay. And then, uh, Where'd you go to school? Uh, that was at Mesa College in Grand Junction, Colorado. It's now called Mesa uh, university. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I came down here to Arizona and started working in hydrology and did my master's in geography and applied spatial land use analysis. Really? That wow. is very applicable to our audience. <laughs> well, that, that's what I do. And I wasn't very good at surveying, mind mapping and surveying and drawing the maps. And uh, I'm very novice using uh, computer technology and doing the higher math skills. That's why we have all these recent graduates. When I started school, we were using uh, handheld calculators and protractors. Oh, well, yeah. graduate school, I used punch cards and into the programs. I'm not sure what a punch card is. I'm not sure about a punch card, but I do know what a dual floppy disk thing is. Like the two five and a quarter inch drives remember that yeah sure yeah yeah we did that but yeah. punch cards before you you punched yeah. them was totally binary oh and, wow and you'd have a couple hundred cards in your deck and that would tell your information what the computer would do and then they'd run it so fun. and you'd go to someplace else on campus and pick up your printout <laughs> <laughs> right oh, that's awesome how did so how did that transform into geotech um, well, I started doing uh, hydrology, groundwater hydrology. It's super fun work, contaminated groundwater, okay. withdrawal. I uh, also taught uh, basic earth science, uh, uh, physical geography, uh, and Arizona geology in the community college system. And then uh, did a class in hazardous substance and toxic waste, a risk assessment at ASU. Oh, nice. So I... I been kind of an applied person my, almost my entire career. Really? Yeah. So it's, and they're trying to make me into more of a geotechnical engineer. and uh, As we all should be. Yeah. That, that's okay, Sean. <laughs> it's it just, it, yeah. you know, as a registered professional, it's outside my expertise. Sure. So I have to spend a couple years learning how to do that. Right, yeah. Yeah, so we were chatting a little bit before we brought you on uh, about mentorship, and that's something we talk about a lot on the show, so yes. I, I would love to hear your perspective on mentorship and the importance of it. Well, and that's one reason I went back to teaching at the community college level to these people that were transitioning out of one career, getting a degree, they needed either social science or a physical science, so I taught in the community college system primarily at uh, the Air Force bases or other places where kids were uh, trying to get a career. And so I realized that we needed to do more in geology, and I really liked doing the geology and leading field trips. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on, uh, after several decades of experience in working with young people uh, or people re-careering into an earth science field, whether it was laboratory or field work or design work. Um, I joined ADOT, and at ADOT I represent uh, to uh, Arizona State University uh, and the Center for Geo-Inspired Biotechnics and Bioremediation 
uh, work as, as an industry rep on their advisory panel. They have a large uh, National Science Foundation grant, mm. and there's four other universities involved, Georgia, New Mexico, UC Davis, and ASU. Oh, wow. And then, uh, but as, as a teacher, former you know, community college teacher, and I'm also on the local school board, I realized that we're not pushing STEM science to a lot of people, whether they're uh, women, people from uh, different backgrounds, disadvantaged sure. backgrounds. Sure. And so you, you got to start mentoring people to do what we do. Well, we, yeah, we talk about that a lot. And I'm curious if you had have, have any successes or how have you been able to, you know, in your experience, push STEM and push this idea? You, you said, you know, some of the young people about knowing that this is a career, like, how have you been able to get the word out there that that STEM and surveying and geology and geotech are career paths? Well, I've lectured at local uh, or, or met with kids at local elementary schools, middle schools. Oh, really? High schools. You know, I let the teachers invite me in, and particularly career days. And so, of course, the paramedics and the airplane and the doctors and firemen and the, you know, yeah, the, all yeah. that. that yeah. But then I come in with my rock hammer wearing my safety vest and hard hat, and the kids like that, and I give out little samples of rocks and things like that. And the kids, some kids get excited, some don't. Right, yeah. Um, in, in my professional career, uh, as the uh, engineer in training cycle through the programs, uh, I try and take them out in the field, show them what we do, whether it's uh, measuring slope, um, slope failure, um, rock falls, uh, landslides, uh, particularly after the wildfires the last couple of years. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah debris flows, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I take a drive up up to Payson, you'll see a whole lot of stuff there. And as we get more rain events, yeah, there's there's going to be some things happening. Well, yeah, and uh, some major landslides in Arizona cut off the north-south roads, like south of Page, US 89. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bitter Springs uh, landslide. And Omid and I have been up there measuring those inclinometers many times after oh, the wow. fix. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a big task because it's a large site on the Echo Cliffs, and we constantly see failure. And we happened to build a road through there in the 1960s. And uh, so we've done other things. Sure. Uh, on the road up to Payson. Um, Highway yep. 87. Yeah, that's the big one that I always see. And every time I, I, we drive by, I tell my wife about yeah. it, and she says, you tell me that same story every time we pass this. Yeah. And I'm like, I just think it's so cool. And you yeah. see it right there every time. It's, and, and that's one of the things we do. We leave it exposed so yeah. people can see. We've uh, done a lot of work at, at that landslide. I've had three or four projects over the last decade. And... Uh, trying to look at how can we stabilize something these ancient landslides these ancient rock falls it's they're they are wanting to continue to move yeah it's and a lot of people don't realize that that's happening around them at all they just see oh here's a here's some here's some construction over here they don't realize a lot of times some of it is very highly technical engineering work going on and not just trying to pretty it up well, and, and in fact, I just talked to a geotech engineer this morning. He said, well, what about that, uh, that crack that we saw above, this, above the, the seats that are on the hill? The, the, and I said, well, when I was up there last week, I didn't see it. It's so eroded with the uh, material. And oh, wow. So, and so what we see, you know, after a decade or two decades of a drought, 
now we're seeing a lot of very intense uh, monsoon rainstorms that are washing uh, the soft grain material out of the arcosic sandstone, the semi-consolidated material, and it's easily eroded. And that's one of the issues that wow. we're dealing with. It just it changes. And sure. So, you know, I'm old enough to see the changes, and the, the young people are looking at it when I bring them up there, the EITs and the interns, and they're experiencing what I've been seeing for a long time. Wow. So what, get, what, make, what gets you excited about the future and uh, how things are going and how you see the future in this space and in general in the, you know, the, the AEC and STEM kind of like what, what's, what's out there? What, what can people look forward to? Well, one of the programs I mentioned about uh, ASU and the CBBG uh, program where we're looking at education, particularly for underrepresented population and um, women, and we're pushing teachers for summer intern programs, research programs, to go back to the high schools and middle schools and teach mm. STEM, particularly oh, sure. geotechnical. And so I'm really excited about that, that we've made progress with teaching um, more uh, physical science, STEM sort of programs through the Science uh, Center in, in uh, Phoenix and other programs. And so one of our uh, Tempe Elementary teachers that was in the summer research program, she uh, just presented to over, uh, I think it was over 70 other teachers in STEM subjects. Oh, wow. And so it, you got to build it. Yep. Sure. And especially with, with geology, I mean, I've heard it from many geotechs around. Arizona is one of the best places for a geologist, and you see more in Arizona than you typically do. Yeah. And the diversity yeah. in that is amazing here, and a lot of people don't realize that's very unique for our area. Yeah, I have a question about that I was going to bring up. Um, so we have fissures, right? In, we do. In Arizona, a lot of that. What causes that? Well, it depends on what sort of fissures you're sure, talking about. Yeah. We, uh, it's a desert, so we've been mining groundwater for decades. Mm -hmm. And when we take out the groundwater from deep within these alluvial basins, we have subsidence and settlement. And if it goes down uneven, we have uh, uh, fissures that may, earth, earth fissures, earth cracks may open up over those bedrock highs. And that's a problem in the Basin Range part of Arizona, which is southern third, mm -hmm. southern. And uh, in other places, we see fissures opening up, whether it's due to just the uh, compression of the bedrock that's been released. And so we find traces through the cracks and regular faults. Sure. And we have a lot of faults in Arizona. And Not a lot of people realize that. We have faults in Arizona as well. Well, and... and you know, I'm not talking about a political landscape. Yeah. That's a different podcast. Sure, sure, right. Yeah, much different podcast from us. <laughs> but it's it's one of the things I've been working with the um, with the Arizona Geological Survey, and they're working with the uh, University of, Ar uh, of Arizona down here in Tucson, mm -hmm. and they're doing research on uh, flood-prone areas particularly the debris flows that are coming out of the fire burn areas. Oh, wow, yeah. And so they're measuring areas for us up on Highway 87, uh, looking at the debris flows. Right. And we're working with the, uh, uh, with the uh, Forest Service and others looking at uh, these debris flows and through the federal highways programs and joint 
research project. So the kids do the work in the field, collect information, it's built up, and it goes forward like that. So it takes takes time. Yeah, absolutely. And that and a lot of what you just said ties into a lot of what we end up talking about on this show is in the is in the GIS space and applications there and all the documented fissures in the state of Arizona are mapped and there are maps that you, the public ha- can see and go to right away and see okay they're right there on a map and yeah. all the faults and all and then I'm sure the areas that are like you're talking about that are prone to those to some of the subsidence and some of the debris flows that's all get ma- that all gets mapped and mm. right there if you buy a house and you're worried about it there is a lot of information out there publicly available for you and it's because of the GIS on the back yeah. end that that you can actually see it. And that's where I like that combination yeah. of those, all those different fields. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I started here in Arizona, we weren't mapping many geologic hazards. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it was more developers were saying, you're deep devaluing our property. And we realized, no, we're trying to save property and lives. Yeah, and, exactly. And show like, where the problems point. are. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim, uh, we appreciate your time. Before we let you get out of here, we got one more question for you. Sure. It's a question we ask all of our guests. And being of the age that you are, the wisdom, the knowledge that you have, I'm looking forward to your answer. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Enthusiasm goes a long way to fill the void on information and your knowledge. Yep. I could not agree more. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, we really, I, I really like that. That's awesome. Really good. Well, Jim, thank you again for your time. It's yeah, it was pleasure. great spending time with you, Jim. Yeah, very nice to meet you. Have a good rest of the conference. I'm having a great conference. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah thank you. All right, we got uh, another foursome here. This is exciting. Uh, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself. Brian, why don't you go first? Tell us just your name, who you work for, and what your job is. Okay, my name is Brian Lizettes. I am with uh, Consultant Engineering, CEI. I am a resident engineer, um, project manager, inspector, vice president, etc. Nice. So, Wear a lot of hats. I guess so. All right. And Kyle? Um, I'm Kyle Patterson. I also work for, for CEI. I'm a project supervisor. Project supervisor. Cool. And how long have you guys been at CEI? Ooh. His whole life. That's right. We talked about <laughs> some, this last night, way. as yeah. a matter of yeah. fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably about six, seven years. No, now. right. Yeah. How about you? Seven years. Seven, seven years. years. Okay, yeah. cool. Awesome. And uh, what do you love about the company? Um, I like that I've been given a lot of opportunities and um, more or less uh, ways to grow and empower myself nice. and, and my employees. Great answer. Great answer. How about you, Kyle? Uh, pretty similar. Yeah, great, great people to work with. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good opportunities and a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of experience that, that are, uh, that's willing to be passed on to us. And yeah. I appreciate the training and mentorship. Uh, and the mentoring. There's yeah. that key word, Sean. Yeah, we, yeah, we've been talking a lot about that today. So yeah. we're going to dig, dig into that a little more. Yep, for sure. Uh, well, that's great to hear. Uh, what are some projects or what's a project that you guys are working on right now that you're pretty stoked about? Kyle's got a sexy one. He can go uh, first. I'm on the Broadway Curve project. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't seen That's that one. one. I haven't noticed. Really? Oh, I'm surprised you haven't noticed all our closures. We're doing a lot of those lately. Yeah. Our office is right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, so what's exciting about that project? Uh, well, it's, it's a half, half a billion dollar job. It's a massive project. Uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot of bridges, a lot of widening involved. A lot of players involved, too. Yep. A lot of consultants oh, and yeah. it's like agencies. And Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the end goal there? What was the point to begin with? 
Uh, well, it's pretty much 11 a mile improvement project. So we're doing a, redoing a number of bridges and interchanges, and, and it should improve traffic control a lot. We're, actually, we're also adding lanes to uh, to the I-10, uh, so that that should you know uh, decrease congestion in, in the in the valley. Nice. What's the duration of that project? If it stays on track, of course. That's uh, about a three-year job. Okay, that's yeah. not that bad, really. Yeah. That'll go by in no time. For 11 miles and a lot of bridges, that's yeah. uh, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see those videos like on whatever reels or TikTok or whatever, where like in China they like build a bridge in a day or something, you know. And they just, well, this is not that. <laughs> well, no, I know. I'm just saying though, <laughs> yeah, they like, take out these day. massive projects and just like somehow, you know, I don't know. They're smarter than us. Who knows? But. Uh, yeah. What about you, Brian? Uh, well, as I mentioned before we got on air here, uh, we worked on the Deer Valley Road project uh, with McDot, but uh, we have a new one with McDot coming up. It's pretty nice. I think it's cool. It's uh, Gilbert Road Bridge over the Salt River. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The cool thing about that is uh, there's an existing bridge that's about 20 spans, and we're going to put a new bridge in. Uh, it's a nine-span bridge, but there's uh, like 50,000 bats, uh, Mexican tail, free-tail bats that we need to protect and find a place for them to go is that like a relocation like no, are you looking are you looking for new bat homes currently? well the Sean, new bridge Sean's got room in his backyard <laughs> i mean i actually i live right around where right, right near pcds and they got a little bat thing yeah. there like in the right. summer you know the bats come flying Perfect. through the neighborhood like maybe maybe that's a spot i don't well, know well part of the project is uh we have to mitigate the bats first, tear down the old bridge, and then when we build the new bridge, we give them a new bat houses for them to go to. Awesome. Um, but there's kind of this Where weird do they go in between. In, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, that's something little bat that, tents or something well, like that? Or initially like a, the thought a was... A bat camp? <laughs> initially the thought was that they would go to a, a nearby bridge and, and mm. habitat there. Is there um, one nearby? It's like about four miles away in either direction. Okay, all right. Um, the, the main concern there is there's no real estate for those 50,000 bats to go to. So... That's something that uh, That's we're actually awesome. still trying to kind of figure out. The, the sequency changed uh, kind of at an amendment level um, during advertising. So it's so that, still... But the, the project's done and those bats get like first right of refusal. To <laughs> yes, <return>. yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that fun. is amazing, oh, like awesome. the things that you never thought you would be dealing with on a project. Yeah. Yeah. Like especially at, like that. So uh, that's interesting. I went... Uh, I did some recon before we started, and uh, the existing bridge, I was kind of underneath taking pictures, and, man, the screeching that you heard. Wow. And the bat shit. It was um, prevalent. This is, I can swear, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but bat shit is a real thing that you have to deal with. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't know if you guys are going to be on that one or not, but if not... It's um, pleasure working there. We cannot uh, confirm nor deny that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what are you guys excited about? In life? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's exciting being on this podcast. Good well, answer. like, what do you, a lot of times we're asking about, like, what's exciting for the future oh. in this space? Mm. AEC, you know, technology, you know, what's cool coming up and how you guys are do, designing or inspecting or doing, you know. Because you guys do cool stuff, you know, building bridges and building new things. Everyone's interested in it. What's more interesting is how are we going to deliver that better in the future? Mm, Kyle, well, I want to take this one. I know with the Broadway Curve, we're, we're kind of 
uh, continuing the the triple P uh, delivery method. Oh yeah, and yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of been a new one. So South talk Mountain. about that. What is that? Um, so it's a public-private partnership, and uh, okay. South Mountain was kind of the first first yeah, one yeah. that, that you know ADOT tried, and uh, Broadway Curve is, is we're kind of perfecting some of that delivery method. So, and uh, see if ADOT wants to continue that that method. Or not. Cool. On top of that, I would say the opportunity for different delivery methods, whether it's design, bid, build, or JOC, or CMAR, or or uh, PPP, just the opportunity for different alternative measures for uh, funding would be nice. Yeah, that's. I think that's been, what, in the last five years, there's been a lot more of that alternative delivery methods, and it helps, I think, especially in this space, when there might be funding available to take advantage of it in non-traditional ways instead yeah. of, okay, we got some money to spend, yeah. tell the designer to start designing, and sometime in three years we might be able to think about doing it. Now it's, okay, there's a need, there's some funding, We'll all pull together and figure out a way to do it and get it done. So. One thing that we've noticed as well, you know, we're, we work a lot with contractors and on big jobs, you form some really good relationships and then the job ends and it's like, now we got to wait for another, a low bid that's, we don't know who these guys are. We're going to build either a new relationship, it'd be nice forming a partnership with contractors or even consul yeah. other consultants right. so we keep that team together and, and do great work on with different agencies and stuff. So. so, off topic, I was sitting next to Kyle last night at dinner, and he shared with me that he's got a really cool hobby, competitive shooting. Do you have anything along those lines, Brian? Can you top competitive shooting? A hobby that's comparable or better than competitive shooting? Yeah. No. No. Sorry. Gotcha on that one. I Are we talking soccer? Is that... That's good. You coach a little league soccer? I, that's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I bet you that's very yeah. dynamic. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Wrangling so, kindergartners and first graders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my kids were in. It was uh, bumblebee soccer. I don't know if they still call it that or not. Because it's like a little, like bunch of bees running around. Oh yeah. The ball around, you know. Yeah. Or like but miniature rugby. Stuff. Yeah. Big scrums. Yeah. 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 So what else? What else you guys got? How's how's the conference for you? <laughs> yeah, how's it been so far? It's going good. Yeah, yeah meeting good. a lot of people. Yeah, got a good turnout. A Reconnecting. Of, a lot of familiar faces. Yeah. yeah. First mm -hmm. time here. You've been here before. No, I've been here a couple times. A couple yeah. times. Yeah. Brian, you as well. Yeah. Yes, I've been here many years. Good. So, yep. the opening um, statement with about uh, the BS of inclusion that was pretty pretty nice and good uh, to hear. It was a good turnout. So, very cool. I'm happy to see that. Awesome. What else you got, Sean? Anything? No, I'm good. All good? Yeah. We do have a question that we ask all the guests, and uh, you guys are going to have to do it separately, but uh, we're not seeing any. There's no copying. No copying, but I'll start with you, Brian. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Yes. Do I have to say it? Yes. yes. <laughs> You're not supposed to say your mantra. Oh, what? Well, yeah, that's the that's the golden rule of mantras. No. no yeah, you can't, can't repeat be. it. Otherwise, it doesn't come through. Well, make one no, up. I thought then. that was a wish. <laughs> um, yeah, my mantra is basically like stay cool. Um, things will work themselves out and just stay level-headed. Uh, I like it. Yep. It's a winner. I don't know if I can top that. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Give us something, Kyle. Uh, take advantage of the opportunities when they when they come. Ah, uh, that's yeah. a big one for me. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like uh, that. And there's uh, something good, even if it's difficult. You know, go ahead. And yeah, doors take don't it open and go for it as yep. often as you may think. So when they do open, take them. Really yep. good point. Oh, right. and uh, bear down, right? Bear down, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we're Definitely. here in Tucson. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us. We appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot Good of fun. Good to meet you guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's Thank been you. fun. All right, well, let's get started. We're gonna, we'll, you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. Okay. Let's start out with a really easy question. Go with your name, who you work for, and what you do. Okay, my name is Bill Fay. Uh, I work for ADOT. I am the state construction engineer, which means I'm over the central construction office. How many uh, projects are you managing at once? Well, yeah, one argument would be that I'm over all of it, which is a $1.5 billion CIP. But the reality is I'm over none of it. The districts are really doing all of it, and all I'm doing is the ones that get screwed up or <laughs> the ones that are in finals yeah. and closeout. In closeout, at any given time, we've got 20 or 30 projects that are in. I mean, they're done on the ground, but it's paperwork closeout. And this and is all over the state? This is all over the state. Okay. And then the ones that are screwed up at any given time are a dozen. Uh, not. That's everything from a mess to litigation. I was just going to say, what constitutes screwed up? Um, well, the, the, the really screwed up would be when there's lawyers involved, which I happen to be one, but um, other lawyers who are actually getting paid to be lawyers. <laughs> and um, some of them involve just really big change orders. Some of them yeah. involve fighting. Some of them involve mediation. One, right now, one involves litigation. Yeah. Actual. Well, no, even that one actually is still in mediation, but it's going to eventually. Yeah. Sure, sure. Interesting. So what's the biggest, what do you think the, the root, not root cause is, but what's the most prevalent thing that happens on a screw-up? Schedule control. S schedule control or uh, schedule creep, is that schedule what they call control, it? Schedule control, schedule creep, contemporaneous con creation of the schedule and maintaining the schedule and, and understanding the impacts of the schedule. Um, that is the people get down on ADOT for enforcing the specifications, but if ADOT doesn't enforce the specifications, and frankly we don't a fair amount of the time, then the contractor doesn't do it, and then we're six months down the road trying to evaluate the impact of something that happened five months ago, and, and it's, that's, that's where you end up with a mess. If you maintain good, updated, and regular control of your construction schedules, um, that would probably eliminate three-fourths of what I call the screwed-up projects. Hmm. And if you did that, then what would you do on a day-to-day -day basis? If I did that, I would continue to deal with supply chain shortages, uh, cl finals, closeouts. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just curious about what the, what the rest of the... Oh, you no, know. There's, there's plenty of work to go around. It's, it's not like they're going to pay me less because there's fewer problems. I, I don't, I'm not incentivized to cause problems. <laughs> right. That would be an interesting uh, way of looking at it. Sure. But, um, <laughs> So no, there's plenty of there's plenty of other work, new specifications, um, ways of doing things better. In fact, it would probably you could focus a little bit more on replacement of some of the outdated software. There's good things that I just don't have time to get to right now. It's just they're just triaged off the table of yeah. Bill Fay's attention span. Um, <laughs> well, but, on this show, we talk a lot about new innovations and how, what where the future looks like and what's the exciting things and applications whether it be software or technology in that space that you see what do you see coming up in the next few years that may help some of that or that you see that you're excited about in that in that space so there, there's a greater i don't i'm not exactly sure what to call it but um software visual uh it's almost like uh facial recognition but of traffic control barriers of design of earthwork there's a lot of software out there and there's a lot of the optics, including some of the optics literally from the self-driving cars that literally records 
uh, a ton of, of information. You're, you're, you're shaking your head. Well, well, we, uh, we we'll tell you, finish, finish your thought. Finish your thought, and we'll tell you um, why. Some of it is is literally we can even to the point of pricing the number of traffic control devices. We can track where traffic control is right now. We can track the sometimes the status of the completion. Now it involves uh, uh, not only a lot of software. Uh, it involves actual infrastructure updates, and including sometimes newer optics on truck. But if you could mount, if you could mount these things on every single vehicle on construction sites, it's uh, uh, dash cams and that kind of stuff. You could be collecting a lot of this data just passively everywhere you're driving, everywhere you're going. That particular construction barricade gets seen seven or eight times, maybe a sure. hundred times if you're factoring in the traveling public, and it's recorded. Again, there's a lot of, I'm not really an expert on this stuff, but it gets recorded. We know where that traffic barricade is. We know what days it was there. We know when it's finally moved, which means we know when the construction moved on. We know we can tie that back to the schedule. We can tie that to productivity. We can tie that to billings. We can do that, we, a whole hmm. bunch of that kind of stuff. Uh, even to the point maybe of earthwork and slopes and sure. that kind of a, a almost survey level data. Eventually, I don't know that the, the survey level is there, but, but a lot of the other stuff the salesmen say it's there. I'm not sure that it is an application, but mm. it's theoretically possible. Mm -hmm. And that would essentially automate a lot. That's the self-driving car equivalent of construction. Right, yeah. Well, go ahead, Kent. Well, no, we just had a, a, a gentleman on earlier that works for a, a traffic control company, and we were having almost this identical conversation about how autonomous vehicles are going to be affecting just exactly what you were talking about. So it was very interesting to me that you kind of filled in a couple blanks there. Well, we also talked to a lot of people on this show about the applications of GIS and what you do uh -huh. with all this data. And there's a lot going on in what people are using with that data that yeah. in, in real time. And yeah. you can take, and like I said, you get it from all other areas, from the construction equipment and a few self-driving cars and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if that's all in one space, and it still goes back to one dot on a map. And as soon as you put the dot on the map, you're in the GIS place, and there's a lot more. There's a lot of exciting things going on with that. that the difficulty, the, the leap we got to get over is the, you, you said, the what you do with that data. I think there's a lot of sources of generating the data. Yep. The next, and, and at its worst, I see some of these people who market the, uh, the big cameras that oversee the sites. Mm -hmm. And all oh, they yeah. do is they record the pictures of the site, which is valuable. I can go back mm -hmm. and I can look at what was the status of the site on June 13th. Uh, but it doesn't really generate the data that you then use to control schedule or to control billings or to control costs or to actually locate traffic market. It's the how do we process it and actually generate CAD maps or where specifically are they operating outside of the permit limits or that kind of stuff. That's the what do you do with the data. That piece is the hard for me to get my mind around, but that's where the real value will come mm -hmm. in. I mean, I have seen, and there has been some contractors that are starting to use the, you know, LIDAR and some and some drones for specifically cut and fill and generating mm -hmm. 3D for volumes sure. yep. and doing that more in real time. I see, you know, it's one thing to do it, fly it once, fly it a month later, spend yep. a week to figure out what your answer is, but when you need it on a daily basis, and if we can automate that. Well, I think automation is exactly what we're talking about here. And that's that's where the biggest advancements are going to be taking place for sure. Okay. No doubt. What, um, so what do, you, what do you love about your job and what do you find most challenging about your job? What I love about my job is that I'm building the better country. I'm building the better country one sidewalk panel at a time. I, uh, I, I had the privilege of, of working, doing engineering overseas um, in, in the Middle East, <laughs> looking down the barrel of a rifle and 
people did not replace their windows, people didn't bother replacing the curve because it was just going to get wrecked again anyway. Um, on the other hand, there's certain countries where I found that people build things knowing that they're going to stand for 100 or 200 years. Um, I am building every intersection. My kids hate it because I drive through intersections. That, you know, I built this intersection. I, I did. Oh, you know what? The next one too. There was a challenge because we added these two intersections together, but, and the kids the kids hate it. But those intersections are going to stand for a hundred or two hundred years. They may get improved in fifty. Yeah. Um, that asphalt is some of it's a matter of just doing it a little bit better, a little bit more cost effectively. Yeah. I'm building the better country, one sidewalk panel at a time. And that, that to me is the legacy that I'm going to stand on. Some Not a lot here, of people can say that. So, Well, in, in yeah. this industry, it's kind of that. The, the trick is I'm also an attorney, and attorneys don't get to say that. There's some things I'm very proud about about being an attorney. Sure. But I fundamentally consider myself an engineer, and, and that's the reason is because I am going to, at the end of my career, be able to stand on a whole bunch of things. I didn't build by myself, but I had a hand in building and say, I did this. I built this. That's the, that's the thing that I really enjoy. The part that I don't enjoy is, is essentially inertia. Um, the reality of our industry is that it takes a long time to come up to speed. It takes a long time to get projects done. Um, uh, you, you know, most jobs, you, you give two weeks notice. You can't give two weeks notice in our industry. You really can't give two months notice in our industry. Right. I, I had an employee who went out on maternity leave, and she was probably gone and post probably four or five months, it was easier to just have me take her projects and babysit a few things and just have them go on autopilot until she got back and, take, and just pick up right where she left off yep. than it was to actually transition her projects to someone else. Because yep. just that, I mean, these are five years of work and yeah, we're, we're, we missed her for a few months, but that's not a big deal. So sure. that well, work you get frustrated. This question came up, uh, I think it was yesterday, but from the, what's the timeline from when you first there's a twinkle in the eye of, man, it would be great if there was a road that went there to actually getting to construction. What's the typical? And I, I know the scale is all different, but, yeah, you know, in general, how if, long does it take to go to decide to put a road there to start building it? So let me back away from ADOT and say if I was at local government where I actually yeah. had the ability to control this, ADOT, there's different there's whole different entities who have the ability to control it at different stages and if you control it at one stage you have to give up control at the other but at local government I did have the ability to do this um, from the time we, and actually when I was at the city of Maricopa we actually did have a few circumstances where we literally said out there in the dirt mm -hmm. um, I also did this in the military which is kind of well that's why I'm asking because <laughs> In the, in the, let's see, you, you, you have the great idea, you politically sell it, and you get the money. That part is on the political process, and uh, I have seen that take anywhere from this month to five years. Okay. That's Jeez. the political, that's the non-engineering, that's the sure. getting the money to build it. Once you've got the money to build it, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, I plan on three years, one year really design one year real estate and utilities one year actually building it it can be done faster it can be done in parallel i've gotten it down if you're doing a design build you can get it down to, depending on the length 12 months wow but um plan on three years okay now i had the in the military in i, I literally was one time directed to connect uh, this road near a place near nazaria to the euphrates to a bridge over the euphrates river and the, the, the colonel just said build a road that way and pointed and I was being, okay, do we have any plans? Like, no. <laughs> Where do you want the road to go? And he just pointed that, that way. way. <laughs> and I was being kind of like, a, hey, you're not thinking this through. There's a house out there. You're the engineer, go around it. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, sir, do we own the land? And he said, 
captain we're the American army we own the whole freaking country <laughs> and at that point I okay I think I got the message and uh, we built six miles of road in a, under a month under a month wow. under a month this was designed by operator I was like, you know what? I want a 2% gr- I want it crowned in the middle. I want a 2% grade, and I want a 4 to 1 slope on the shoulders. It's unpaved, and you're, you're the, the grader operator. the one who has to fix that at the end. The dozer operators, and half the guys are carrying rifles and protecting the construction site. And yeah, no, we're not going to check. We're going we're gonna to check compaction using the stamp of our feet, and right. off we go. Six miles. And you could, when we were done, you could, pro- you could drive a two-wheel drive vehicle on it. I don't think it would hold up in a really good rainstorm, but tracked vehicles you could definitely do. It. And, and yeah. like, yeah, that's that's a level of productivity that we just don't deal with here. I, but, yeah. I was about to say that that's a, that is on a whole different level. That's on a whole different level. Now, the good news is we were not interrupted by anyone shooting at us, which is well, yeah, something yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, deal yeah. with. That here. goes without saying, but yeah. But we're also not interrupted by railroads that have land rights that are second only to Jesus Christ Himself. <laughs> and we didn't have utility companies arguing over you know who had the right. So we, we just yeah. blow and go, and that's that's uh, it's awesome when it happens. Yeah, that sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. So what did you learn like when you were working on projects like that overseas? Those experiences, how did that help you like in your in your your professional growth here? The answer here is we do things way better, way higher quality. It's more complex because you got more interested, but we do way higher quality products here. We can do it a lot faster and, and leave junk behind, but I only have to, back there, I have to get a lot done and I only have to hit the 80% solution and then move on. Here we need something that's 99% right. It's, if you're off by 1%, it may be too much. You need to get it right. <coughs> yeah. Over there, if you're, if you're off by 20%, nobody cares. Just right, build another road next to it. It's, yeah. right. no. um, it. It's not meant to be permanent. The contractors and the Corps of Engineers and, and the UN or whoever will come in and do those kind of things after the fact. Hmm. And um, in fact, if anything, we as engineers by nature try to do it too well. And uh, uh, army maneuver commanders, combat officers would say, you're obsessing, move on, quit, knock off your OCD. And I'm like, I just built six miles in two months. That's not OCD. <laughs> yeah, He's like, yeah, right. it is to me, move faster. <laughs> uh, so we've been there and we're in the afternoon of this conference. What, uh, couple, uh, what's, the, what's the coolest thing you've been a part of or seen done since you've been here? Well, I've got to, actually, I better check the time. I've got a 3 o'clock. I'm still fine. Yeah, you're um, okay. Yeah, the, the great thing about the conference is seeing all the people. These are the people that I have worked, everyone in the industry that I work, almost everyone I work with is here. Yeah. And away from their desks, and we can chat. And some of them are just awkward. So, what's new? Or what's new? Or hardly working? <laughs> you staying busy? And <laughs> but a lot of them are catching up about projects. Some of them are, you know, we don't really work together anymore, but we used to. Some of them are, you know, people that... But everyone we need to work with, everyone I need to know, everyone I need to network with is all here now. And I like to think that if you wanted to build a road in this state, you could do everything from everything the people from in here. this room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could sure. pluck a dozen people out here and get it done. Yeah. And you can, you can settle the problems of the world, pretty much everything in the here on the, dr- the floor or in the bar. All right, one last question. Uh, okay. We always uh, ask this to everyone that we have stopped by. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Nope. <laughs> Love it. 
That is the best answer. And so far, ever. the best answer we've gotten. Best okay. That's right. I would. I could try to make one up on the spot, but the reality is now. I just wing it. Just wing uh, it. Just wing it. it. There you go. I uh, love it. it. Uh, Bill, we appreciate you coming yeah, by. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, thanks. Great, great to talk to you. Yeah, hey, it's you. your own fault for not giving me that question. I would have prepared, but yeah, you get what you get. Thank you for your service as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, we have a, a, a local celebrity. Should we call her a celebrity? She's kind of a celebrity. I mean, a, literal, a literal superstar. In my, uh, yes, she's got to be. And we're going to find out all about this. If you would, real quick, Justin, just tell us your name, who you work for, and what you do. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, first of all. My name is Justin Rice. I am the president and CEO of the American Council of Engineering Companies of Arizona. Yes, that's a mouthful. ACEC Arizona is how we're otherwise wow. known. And uh, basically, I am the herder of cat and the corraller of chaos that for is this a association. Big deal. Yes. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> but you know what? My background is actually in special education, so I feel like rightfully Perfect suited fit. for the job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just by yes. the fact that I have a lot. Lot of patience. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Yeah, so you, this is all you're doing this conference. Uh, if it's going well, please give all the credit to my board. If it's going not so well, it's on my fault. Of course. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no, I can understand <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, many yeah. years have you been doing this? I'm going into my sixth year in January. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a really, really great experience. Big transition from education, but, you know, I really love it. And this is, of course, the crown jewel of our year. Yeah. And yeah. we're in our 71st year. Um, this is the so 71st Roads and Streets the Conference? 71st Roads and Streets Conference. And all 71 years have been held right here in Tucson, Arizona. We were talking yeah, about yeah, that as yeah. we were walking in today, as a matter of fact. I had no idea it was 71 years, but... That's amazing. That really is. It's got to be like one of the longest running events or something, I would think. It's got to be close. Yeah. I think well, especially, especially in the, in the, in the transportation or AEC yeah. community. Got to be, right? Yeah. Well, I can say, you know, based on my experience over the last couple of days, unbelievable job. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, I, I, um, I am... I can't imagine what goes into putting something like this together. I yeah. mean, herding cats is understating it so much. No like, question. I know no question. question. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've been involved in putting on you know events like this in the past, not nearly this size. And I know what yeah, that's like. Like, like so a hundredth of the scale, and is, that was a cluster. I so. can't even fathom you know how this how this all goes down. So is it easier year to year? Like, do you have the same challenges year to year? What does that look like? You know, you actually learn a lot every year. There are always some of those consistent challenges that you have that, you know, every year brings some some brand new opportunities to improve. So the biggest thing that we do is, you know, try to obviously put on the absolute best show that we possibly can. Yep. For me, I'm not personally an engineer, so my role is, is that if I'm bored, then you're probably bored too. Yeah. So we try okay. to add, we try to make yeah, it a lot yeah, of yeah, fun, no, fair enough. All right. make yeah. it a little more engaging, things like that. Um, but of course, we always go back and look at those lessons learned and learn from those experiences and try to implement that to give it you know, an even better conference experience sure. for the next year. Yeah. So is it one of those things like your job for next year starts on Monday? Like you're immediately starting to plan for next year? Or do you take like a week off and catch your breath? So let me put it to you this way. Um, so our conference for this year closes up at about noon on Friday. Uh, basically by 1215, I'm planning the 2023 conference. Wow. For us. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm hoping that that plan will include the Geoholics because we have had a great time and we hope to be back again next year. Well, we love having you here and again, having this amazing podcast right here live from Rosen Streets. It's such an amazing opportunity. Sure. So glad you guys are here. And I have a confession to make if that's okay. Sure. My name is Justin Rice and I'm a Geoholic. Oh, that is great. 
Oh man, she knows her audience. First step is admitting it. Oh, the first it step is, is the admitting it. The first step is admitting it. <laughs> well, what uh, I've been dying to ask you: What is your favorite part of these three days? Like, what is the one piece that looks that you look forward to the most? My other, other than twelve fifteen yeah. when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like twelve oh one? Yeah, twelve oh one on Friday. <laughs> no, actually, it's so funny because it, it's just such a crash after that. You kind of go, "Oh my gosh, we actually did that!" Yeah. Right. Um, one, my very favorite part of this, and it's always been this way, and that's why I think the pandemic was tricky, even though we did a virtual conference mm -hmm. that year, is getting to see everyone in one place. Uh, we do a lot of programming throughout the month, which is a lot of fun. We see a lot of people, but we don't get to see everybody together. And just getting to see you know, everyone just come back and see each other after so long, or even after like an hour, right. it's like old home week. And it's just so great to see you know, this community come back together for yeah. something that everybody can rally around, they believe in. And obviously we wouldn't be here in our 71st year if we didn't have our people coming back year after year. No, absolutely. So I can definitely think it, I definitely say it's the, it's gotta be the model for other states and other organizations right. like this. Yeah. Like there's not, there's not an event like this and we go to a lot of them, so. And like, what other obviously huge fundraiser for the organization? Do you guys do any other fundraisers throughout the year, or is this kind of a? No, we do actually. Yeah. Um, so the way that we're, I'm actually pretty proud of this. Um, so for associations, a lot of them are very dues heavy. So uh, of course, that's our operating expenses and things like that. We have members we have to charge dues. But one thing that's really amazing about ACC Arizona and having the conference on roads and streets is that rather than relying 100% or even 75% or, you know, on our, our member dues, this event itself helps offset 50% of our operating costs. So that means that we're able to keep our member dues low, we're able to keep them fair, because by bringing everybody here and offering a really great opportunity and a good time, that helps support us so that we don't have to rely 100% on our members to make sure that we can keep the lights on for ACEC. So this is one way that we love to give back to our community and our community definitely gives back to us. And I'm actually really glad that you mentioned being the model for other states because uh, back in May, I had the opportunity to travel to ACEC Minnesota. Mm, okay. and. They, we actually replicated this event in Minnesota. Nice. Really? And so we are actually coming back to Minnesota in May of 2023, and I do hope the Geoholics are going to be there with me once again so we can no. have a whole other experience it just with our neighbors to the north. Hey. <laughs> Geoholics uh, for hire. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we will go anywhere. Yeah, yeah we've just, taken the show on the road a number of times. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, conference just, in Denver. Vegas, I was just Florida. Give, give us a table yep. and point us where the keg is, and we We're are good. absolutely there. Oh, oh, and it, yeah, if, if you know Minnesota, yes. you know, uh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've got our tater tots, and we've <laughs> got plenty yeah, of beverages. That's my kind of place, right So, there. absolutely. So, please consider that a formal invite to the Geoholics. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll put it on the calendar. Please do. Um, so, why this, why this venue? I mean, it's beautiful, of course, mm -hmm. but... Why this venue? And there's been other venues in the past, right? That's 100% right. So one thing, like I said before, is that all 71 years, we have always been in Tucson, Arizona. The conference originated here with the University of Arizona working in partnership with the Federal Highways Administration as well as uh, Department of Transportation. So based on the university presence and the presence, that's really where we started. So one, it's kind of our home. But two, everyone asked, well, 
you're, you're actually getting really big. Can you can Tucson handle this? Yeah. And the answer is, if you work smart, you can absolutely get Tucson to handle it. Mm. And one thing about this venue that we really, really like, and we sign five-year contracts, so we do try okay. to offer that level of consistency on where we're going to be. Okay. It's our second year here at Lock and Keystone. One thing that we really like about it is just one, the conference area. Um, in other places, they tend to be on multiple levels, mm -hmm. which kind of takes away that opportunity to really just interact freely. So that's one thing we really sure. love about this venue. But the one thing about Tucson too, and here's kind of my dirty little secret to be honest with you. With the majority of our membership being in the great state of Maricopa, located right there in Phoenix, yeah. if we were to hold an event of this magnitude in Phoenix, we really lose a lot of the community because it's so easy to say, well, I'm just gonna pop in for that one session. I mean to stay, but oh, I really gotta get back to my office and return that email right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of hold you hostage here for yeah. a few That's days. That's a really good point though. <laughs> oh, sure. I, I mean, yeah. it, and it's effective because it definitely, it, it, it's immersive. Like yeah. once you're here, you're just, you're, you're here all week. Yeah. You are I, here. And, and I like, I mean, as, a, as an attendee for many years, I like that aspect because you get involved and you start realizing like, okay, well, this is only a day and a half or, two, you know, two days. I, I, can, I can go through here, give me an opportunity to catch up with people that I don't see and sometimes yeah. only see at this event each year. And yeah. I think that's one of the cool things is yeah. that Absolutely. there's other people that I only see at this place. For sure. Yeah, no question. Now, you mentioned uh, your board a couple minutes ago. Yeah. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to recognize them and the effort that they put into Oh, it. there obviously, has to be a, a mountain of people yeah. that help you do this. So please, uh, I mean, obviously, if it was all you, this is your opportunity to take all that credit. If not, <laughs> you know, how'd you pull this off? Uh, it takes a village, if you will. Um, of course, uh, we won 100%. I, I absolutely have to acknowledge my partner in crime uh, here at ACC Arizona. We are a staff of two. So okay. uh, while we are we are small, we are mighty. So Amerigo de Perdesky, uh, we call ourselves the Justin League of Amerigo this year since we're everyday superheroes. Amerigo Perdesky is definitely, she's my right hand. And uh, boy, I, I can't tell you how lucky you are to work with someone where you can just kind of complete each other's sentences and not want to kill each other at the end of the day. Sure. So big up to Amerigo. Uh, we also have an amazing roads and streets planning committee. They come together with us every year. It's led uh, just flawlessly by Scott Sales of WSP. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and so really it's about bringing everyone together to be able to look at the education offerings that we have. We get tons of submissions every year and we have 50 programs, so we only have 50 slots. So this group oh, comes wow. together, works on those submissions, does the scoring, does the judging, and makes sure that we have the absolute best education programs available. So huge up to them. And then, of course, my board, they're all amazing just because they put up with me and my craziness, and they keep me around. <laughs> hey, you gotta be a little crazy. You gotta, you gotta be a little be crazy a little to crazy, do this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, of course, uh, you know, the ACEC Arizona board, I couldn't do it without them, and thankfully they keep paying me to do this, even though I, honestly I would do it for free, but please don't tell them that. Uh, all right. well, <laughs> you just I'll, did. I'll, 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 I'll cut that part out there, Justin. You know, Thank I'll you, appreciate it. So I was, we, I, we were talking earlier, I'm, I'm assuming I know the answer to this, like the attendees, is it like 90% from Arizona? Or what is the percentage that comes from out of state? 
Not anymore. Really? Uh, yes. We used to be very you know, heavily Arizonan, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense because it is the Arizona sure. conference on roads and streets. Yeah. Um, but really, since I started, I started in 2018 here at the ACEC, and we're very much in that 95% Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into 2019, and then again, even though we're virtual, 2020, 2021, and now 2022, we're usually represented by about 32 other states in mm-hmm. addition to Arizona. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, so whether that's, pretty that's cool. yeah, coming as speakers, coming as attendees, coming as vendors, uh, what's really been great about being able to promote a conference that really is just so successful and very positive that it attracts so many people saying, I keep hearing this is the place to be. I got to come. And every year we see more and more out-of-state representation. So in order to really build on that and just the innovation that comes with, you know, kind of that you know, meeting of the minds, yeah. it's really just a fantastic opportunity. So we look forward to keep welcoming our others to this conference. You know, yeah. We might be based in Arizona, but no, our arms are far-reaching. So. Wow. What are really your cool. uh, like? What is the vision every year? Yeah, or yeah. What's the next? What can you give us any uh, exciting tidbits of what to expect here in the next few years? Oh my gosh! Well, that's always a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but we, we will be right back here at the El Conquistador in 2023, and we will actually be at the beginning of November. Oh, oh really? yeah, we'll actually be at the beginning of November in 23. Um, so that'll actually be really great. Um, you know, we've been so lucky to have great weather since we've been down Oh, I mean, here. it's been phenomenal. Like, we were out last night. Oh, it was, it was a great, great. night. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so fortunate. So we are actually looking forward to having some cooler weather come November. Um, and, of course, you know, we do a theme every year. So I'm still pondering that. Uh, but last year we had Brave New World. Yep. And mm-hmm. then this year, of course, is Everyday Superheroes. So uh, when I was talking about that 12:15 on Friday, yeah. yeah, that's when I'm already starting to think yeah, about okay. what's our next right, theme. Right, right. I've got some ideas back there, but uh, you guys, I'd be more than happy to you know, give the big reveal as soon as I've got all that locked. Sure. In. Yeah, yeah. And what are, what's the biggest challenge from year to year? Really finding enough space for everybody. Ah. Mm-hmm. That is 100 percent right. Um, what was the total count this year? Do you, do you have one? Do you have that? 1,531 right now. Wow. <laughs> I'm still yeah. getting walk-ins, uh, <laughs> which is great. Uh, so that's where we are right now. Uh, we will definitely see where we land by the end of tomorrow, since we will, again, have people joining us for a great ethics session. We do our principal roundtable meeting, our open houses with the Department of Transportation, the counties, the cities, the towns. Yeah. That also brings in people where it might seem like the last minute, but we try to keep the programming strong the whole way through. So if somebody wanted to get involved, whether to be like on the planning side of things or to provide content for next year or to be a vendor or whatever, what's the best way for them to reach out? Absolutely. Well, our website is always a really, really, really great uh, resource for everything. And actually, we already have the submission portal open for next year. Oh, okay. So it's one thing that we do is that as soon as we close out the submission portal for one year, like 2022, we immediately open up the next year. So anyone who thinks, geez, maybe this isn't my year, but next year, they can get a jump on it right away. 
I mean, that submission portal is available on our website, uh, www.acecaz.org. And all things Roads and Streets also go through there. So for the latest updates and all those great things, that's where you're going to find that. And if you are interested in joining us on the planning committee or you want to be a vendor or anything else, and that information just isn't quite there for you yet because you want to do it today, then reaching out to me directly is great. I am president at acecaz.org. <laughs> That's great. Uh, what else you want to get out there for all the, the all the people that might listen, or the uh, listeners from all over that might uh, might hear? You mean all the people who are listening, right? Yeah. Who might listen yeah. are listening? Yes, <laughs> that is correct. Now I just want to thank everybody for coming out here and supporting yet another fantastic year of roads and streets super exciting to have everybody back in the community back around us and oh we always have room for one or a hundred more so we always love to see new faces and i we are always here to to walk anybody through any process they need offer any wraparound support or just come and sit down and do a really kick-ass podcast oh i love it your uh your marketing and um promotion game is on point i will say that oh yeah she's firing it all oh my goodness Riling me up over here. Um, so we have one more question for you. Of course. Most of the time this catches people off guard, so we apologize, but we ask every one of our guests the same question. Mm-hmm. Do you have a mantra that you live by? Do I have a mantra that I live by? Yes, I do actually. Let go or be dragged. I <laughs> uh, love that. <laughs> that is great. Uh, that Let is go phenomenal. or be dragged. Uh, that's, a, that's great. Yeah, I love that. So good, so good. Well, Justin, thank you so much. Yeah, we absolutely. Can't thank you enough. Yeah, well, you've done a, a lot for time. us. You do a great job here, and I couldn't say enough. Oh, yeah. well, thank you both for having me. And um, like I said, you, you can't hear it, but I am actually dressed as Wonder Woman this year. I was Princess Leia last year, so it'll be yet another big reveal for next year uh, what I end up being dressed up as inadvertently. So <laughs> thank you guys so much for being here. It's been so exciting to have you, and yeah. I really appreciate just the outreach and everything that you do for our community. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you to our 2022 Friends of the Program, Advanced Geodetic Survey, agsgps.com, Airworks, airworks.io, Bad Elf, bad-elf.com, Cyanic Automation, getjobbook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Extreme Aerial Productions, extremearialproductions.com, Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz. Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com. Nettleman LC Prep, lcprep.com. North Star Surveying, northstarsurveying.com. ProStar Corporation, prostarcorp.com. Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us. Topodot, new.certainty3d.com. And finally, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.